What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we continue with the spooky content all year long. <laughs> I have an I have an exciting announcement to make oh. for myself personally. Um, I got a tattoo yesterday, guys. Oh shit! I did. I'm. I'm kind of a bad girl. Um, yeah, no, I got a tattoo. It's very small um, because I was very nervous about how I would be able to handle it. So, mm-hmm. um, but I love it. I'm very, very happy with the way that it came out. But I do just need to say the reason that I was nervous was because everybody kept telling me, "Oh, you know, it doesn't hurt as bad as you as you think it's going to," and. Which maybe that's true for a regular person, but my pain tolerance is equivalent to a newborn baby. It is negative 10 on a good day. Um, It's at a smooth zero, maybe if I'm feeling brave and confident and feisty. (laughs) But I just have a very like very low pain tolerance. So when people said that, I wasn't sure that that would be true. and it wasn't. I, they, it's not true. At least not for me. They lied. They did their best, <laughs> but they lied. Uh, they, they did try to comfort me. Yeah, I. That shit hurted. It did. <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend like it didn't. It hurt. I mean, it was about equal to what I thought it was going to be. So that was good. Like it wasn't worse, but it was like about as uncomfortable and irritating as I was figuring it would be but of course when they asked me how I was doing and they said it's not so bad right I was like no it's not lying (laughs) through your teeth it feels great but if they could have done an x-ray on the way my toes were curled within my (laughs) shoes I was like a sloth hanging from a tree like I was (laughs) tense tense honey but because it's small, it only took him about ten minutes to do. Oh, very nice. What did you Which What did you get? Um, so I got the title of my one of my favorite songs um, as my tattoo, um, which is "I Am I" is one of my favorite songs, and the product I do think is worth the pain. Like I love it mm-hmm. and I'm really happy with it. So I probably will get more. And if I do, I plan on getting all all my tattoos. I for the most part I want to be focused around some of my favorite songs. Okay. So that is the path I am going down. But maybe I'm just on a tattoo high right now. Right. I I always imagined that would be the case, right? Because I don't have any tattoos. But I assumed after your first tattoo, it was like opening Pandora's box. Like one tattoo means 10 more afterwards. That's what everybody says. That's what everyone is like. Oh, after I got one, like I couldn't stop. Unless, of course, you know, you only ever wanted one or maybe you have a bad reaction or something. But for the most part, a lot of people I know 
continued to get tattoos after they got their first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because I'm not going to forget that. Like, I'm not going to forget what it felt like. <laughs> I <laughs> Never will forget. Not. Never forget. Erica, tattoo number one, 2021. <laughs> that was a day that I will remember, but maybe it, it's 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 worth it so we shall see should we um, should we maybe some at some point set some ridiculous goal and then say we'll get homies of horror tattoos i don't know what that goal would be right now and i don't want to put that on either of us right now <laughs> however it may be a fun thing for the future you know as we continue to grow absolutely not absolutely <laughs> <Deny>. not <laughs> full denial no because we always think that oh this is such a hard goal for them to reach but when you have a tattoos and things like that on the line oh people will reach those goals and they will ensure that you get that tattoo <laughs> and i don't want to be the one to back out i don't want to be this one to say oh guys unless it was small if we got something nice and small but i can tell you one thing i'm not getting homies of horror i'm not getting that full text <laughs> Anywhere. That's far too many letters. That's too many letters. Three <laughs> is my maximum right now. So we could get, we can get of. <laughs> we can be a smooth of tattoo. <laughs> All right, homies. Well, I tried, but maybe we'll revisit this at another date, and uh, we'll see if we can't talk Erica into an agreement. But if you guys can handle of. I'd even go ho of ho. But we're not doing anything more than that. <laughs> it's not going to happen unfortunately not in this moment we'll reassess this at a later date (laughs) well uh congratulations on your first tattoo that's 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 super it's super dope i know (laughs) i know it's something that has been interesting you for a couple Mm -hmm. years now so it's cool that you finally got one Um, thank you but i appreciate that today's movie has absolutely nothing to do with tattoos y'all in case you're wondering this wasn't like a segue into (laughs) a tattoo filled horror movie well, I guess if you want to say, speaking of pain, oh, speaking fair of enough. lasting pain mm-hmm. that you can feel, or <laughs> speaking of moments you'll never forget. True. Okay. I see you. The queen of segues eh, has returned. Eh, we're talking about the <laughs> descent today. <laughs> That's right. It's just exciting. This is, this is a movie that actually did haunt me back when I was younger. So it was very mm-hmm. fun that we're getting to revisit it for today's podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's been a while since I've seen this movie in its entirety. Um, mm-hmm. I can't recall. Because this is another movie where I would catch... I, I had obviously seen the whole thing before, but I would catch it a lot on like sci-fi and back when they would play this. I feel like there's a whole year where they play The Descent a lot. And mm-hmm. I usually caught it around the same spots. And I'll tell you when we get into the actual plot, the exact moment that I always caught it in, because it's a moment that's like burned within my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it all the way through. So it was really nice to do so. And this is also a movie that both of us have talked about, talked in reference to, to each other. But I don't think we've ever actually sat down and had a discussion about this film. Mm-mm, which is doubly why I'm excited about it because it is a good movie and it's got some interesting mm-hmm. stuff to uh, unpack. Yes. Yeah. But so spoiler alert, homies, we like the movie. Yeah, we do. We, we, <laughs> we do, do like the movie. Like How movie. much we like the movie is still oh. up for debate. So you have yeah. to tune in for the rest to find out. Uh, but shall we uh, slip into the synopsis and get going? Please do. All right, homies. 
we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, like we said, we are talking about The Descent from 2005. Now, this was directed and written by Neil Marshall, and it is starring Shauna McDonald as Sarah, Natalie Mendoza as Juno, Alex Reed as Beth, Saskia Mulder as Rebecca, Mayanna Burning as Sam, and Nora Jane Noon as Holly. How far would you go for a thrill? For friends Sarah, Juno, and Beth, the sky is the limit. That is, until a tragic accident claims Sarah's husband and daughter. In an attempt to reignite their flame for adventure, the friend group reunite in the States along with their friends and colleagues, Sam, Rebecca, and Holly, for a spelunking trip in the Appalachian Mountains. However, when an unexpected cave-in forces Juno to reveal a grim secret, the thrill-seekers must find a way out of the caverns. But there's a catch. They're not alone. Insert mass claustrophobia. Backstabbing best friends. And the extended family of Gollum from Lord of the Rings here. Our film concludes with our group experiencing the most thrilling day of their lives and potentially their last. Also, you didn't have to do this. Roll credits. I mean, true. Did not have to do this. Truly did not have to do this. <laughs> That was one of my, not my first note, but one of my earliest notes was, oh, not the, we don't have to do this before everybody dies. I hate to see it. Because <laughs> you don't want to be the one to say, no, let's do it. And then look back and say, dang, I really had an out. <laughs> and I wanted, and I said, no, let's push on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, truly unfortunate. But let's get this started. Erica, hit me with it. What's in your notebook? Okay. My first note is y'all really wanted to get caught, huh? Because the way that Juno and old boy are looking into each other's eyes romantically, the way he removes her helmet mm -hmm. and is caressing her arm. Breath. Did you want to get caught? Or no, because you acting like you did. <laughs> like, you're surely the way that you are romantically fondling her as if no one else is around right now, as if your wife and your daughter are not around right now, has me feeling confused. Yeah, nah, uh, her her husband was definitely trifling. Uh, yeah. I had, I, now I had forgotten about that plot point. I'm going to be honest, the, the cheating plot point, I remember there being conflict, right, between the two, mm -hmm. between Juno and Rebecca, or sorry, Juno and Sarah, um, but I didn't remember why. That was something that right. has been lost over the years. Uh, so when we got to that, I was like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. look at this, no good motherfucker. <laughs> look at this, just shameful. And I feel like... I, I do actually appreciate how little time we spend on this bit because 
this movie is really about these women and their relationship. It's not really mm -hmm. about him, right? No. Like the, the consequences that come from that are important for them, but it has nothing to do what happens later. Like we're not focusing on the husband. He is not what is important to us. Mm -hmm. So I like how quickly all of this happens because even in this beginning bit, we get this setup that this group of friends, at least Beth, Sarah, and Juno, they, they all have some sense of um, thrill seeking that brings them together as a group. Right. And we really are focusing on that in this beginning. We get a skosh of time with Sarah and her family. And it, and it does seem like it does seem like had this car accident not happened, her husband might have left her the way that he was acting in the car. It almost felt like, okay, either he's just still feeling off about, you know, he's feeling guilty and feeling off and maybe he's just going to be weird for this car ride and stuff. Or he was prepping himself to potentially destroy his family. Right. Like, from the way that he was acting with her, at least. But, of course, we will never know because immediately the man gets uh, javelined through the brain. Yes, uh, a beautiful homage to our favorite Haunt You in Your Dreams Final Destination movie. Um, God, that was another part of this movie that I had forgotten, and I mm -hmm. had to immediately write down that escalated real quick. Yeah. Uh, was, not, was not prepared for that, because mostly, uh, like you said, uh, this is a movie that would come on you know, cable TV very often, so we usually like chime into it at like later portions of the movie. So I don't think I've actually seen the beginning, beginning of this movie a ton. Mm -hmm. Like I've maybe only seen it a handful of times. However, seeing that rod go straight through his skull was uh, jarring to say the least. Yeah, especially because you can assume that it also goes through his daughter, mm -hmm. which is so tragic because we see the way they're sitting in the car his daughter is sitting on his side of the car yeah so we don't see that we never see what happens um of or what comes with jessica and the way that she dies but it is to be assumed that that is what happens. Yeah. And that's and it, just so tragic. Yeah, it's super tragic, especially because it's like right before her birthday, like she's about to have a yeah. birthday. And I mean, we get the confirmation not too long after when she wakes up in the hospital, right? And they're like, I'm sorry, she's gone, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I did note that the people in that hospital were so casual about this poor woman's mental breakdown in the middle of the hallway. Did you notice that? Yeah, How it was like it was like New York. Like they were in New York City and they were walking around like all homeless person screaming on the street. Like someone just woke up from a coma, like ran out of their room, still in their gown yeah. and everything, is just bawling their eyes out in the middle of the hallway. And no one outside of her two immediate friends gives a singular yeah. fuck about the situation. Not Everyone's like, ew, like walking around there, <laughs> like, ugh, can you get her up? There's yeah, like and one also motherfucker with a stretcher who's like very meticulously trying to like go around, around them instead her. of like assisting in any way, shape, right. or form. Right, and it doesn't seem like any of them are in a hurry. You know, it'd be one thing if maybe they were on their way, you know, trying to go save lives, but everyone's walking at a pretty relaxed pace um most people are just kind of like 
okay, well, what's going on here? Especially, Most yeah, because don't like, even look, bro. They nah, just nah, walk they're... by, not even a second glance. To be fair, I, maybe they're just trying to, like, give them privacy kind of a thing. Because, like, some of those people are patients. Some of the mm -hmm. people in the hallway are patients. And I know if I was there for just, like, I don't know. If I was there because I just sprained my pinky i'd mm -hmm. probably be like oh that seems really serious what's going on <laughs> in the middle of the hallway i'm just gonna i was just trying to get to the vending machine i'm so so sorry <laughs> yeah you guys are right, right in front of the kit kats and snickers you mind having yeah. this break down a little Ooh. bit to the left oh they're actually i'm leaving right now <laughs> I, I just saw my paperwork, so I'm on the way out. I'm just gonna step right over you. Yeah, it is, my, my, yeah. my daughter and husband are waiting for me outside. Do you mind if I do? <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my, my husband's actually picking me up. Sorry. So... Yeah, <laughs> but the thing about it too is this is the first time that we get to see that um, Sarah is suffering some ptsd she's starting to suffer from hallucinations that are mm -hmm. going to be plaguing her throughout this film and and she already know you can tell when she wakes up she knows something is wrong she's looking for her daughter but you can tell that deep down she knows that things are not right and yeah. that her daughter is probably no longer around but yeah she like uh she runs into Beth, which brings her out of this hallucination, and they have this moment in the hallway. And I think this is the first moment that we really see that Juno, to me, is such an interesting character because when she needs to be, it's she's just... she Later on, she seems like when she needs to be loyal and needs to care about her friends, she does have that capacity, but mm -hmm. her selfishness is always going to supersede that. Like, yeah. no matter how much she cares and truly loves a person, she will still do what is best for her and maybe try and write it off as, well, no, I was doing this for us or I did this because I care about you. But I think in actuality, it's like, no, this is this is what you wanted. And mm -hmm. I think we see that because, yeah, in this moment, if Juno is Sarah's best friend, you would think that she would go up to her and and at least even even if she wasn't hugging her, be closer. But Juno was as 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 far away from oh like away from Sarah as she could possibly be without being at the exit. Like she's like mm -hmm. standing away, letting them have this moment. And if she wasn't crying, I don't think you would even know that she was with them, with Sarah and Beth. Fake friends, man. Fake friends. Fake they... friends, dog. Though I I, I agree with you um, because I think, especially towards the end of this film, like once it gets towards uh, the conclusions and whatnot, I don't really consider uh, Juno like a villainous character. I just think that she is a flawed human. You know what I mean? She She's it, even maybe flawed is pushing it that she's just human. She, she makes mistakes and like, I'm not, I don't want to defend her actions because she's still trifling for what she did. But I noticed this watch through kind of towards what you were saying that she does care about her friend. It's not a case of like, she doesn't care about them, mm -hmm. but yeah, I agree. She definitely puts her interests above everyone right. else's at the end of the day. 
yeah, it's it, it, there's uh, you know she has compassion and and she does love these people that she considers her friends. I do think that that is clear and she is willing to fight for them. However, I think specifically with Sarah, because we see later on with Juno not wanting to leave Sarah behind, how much of that is just guilt and how much of that is because you actually love, give a love shit. Sarah and mm -hmm. want to continue to be her friend? Like how much of that is is are you going off of? And then how much of you wanting to get your friends out, how much of that is you you doing that because they're your friends and you refuse to leave without them and how much of that is guilt because you put them in this situation exactly. kind of like you start to you realize that every decision and every choice that juno makes there isn't there are two ways that it could go there's the way that it should be and then there's the self the selfish way mm -hmm. and i think it's smart the way that she is played and the way that she is written is you don't really you never get confirmation like you yeah. don't ever really know what is leading her actions and and also i just want to say we are not going to even act like the sequel is a part of this <laughs> we are strictly going off of this movie uh mm -hmm. so i don't want to get into you know people's people's um like what leads them in the sequel or choices they make then like I don't want to go off of that. We're going to go off of just this one. But um, but yeah, it, it becomes... I feel like the only character that we ever really see her be maybe the most selfless with is Holly. Mm -hmm. But that's also because we know Holly the least. Like, we don't know. Yeah. We, we've missed a whole chunk of Juno and Holly's friendship. So we don't know what that's based on or yeah. what... Yeah, and like, aren't they... They're like colleagues too right like i think she gets called her like protege her or protege. something like that too yeah, so yeah you arguably it's one of those things where um holly kind of fits into uh juno's master plan for her life anyway right like she's a means to something greater like she is her underling in her eyes arguably so mm -hmm. it would it would make sense that she would have a close connection to her because to her that's somebody who's kind of furthering whatever um intentions she has as a person mm -hmm. i'm referring to juno here um so yeah. it's 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 a very gray character um leaning more towards the the dark side for <laughs> sure in moments mm -hmm. um and she still definitely ain't shit but uh i did one thing i did really enjoy um coming back to this movie is how realistic i felt all the women felt once we get the entire yes. group together I completely agree with that, um, especially because this is written and directed by Neil Marshall and mm -hmm. men writing women uh, isn't always the most successful. And that can also be said for the opposite as well. Um, but I think especially because, yes, Sarah is our main character but i i do definitely think this is an ensemble piece i feel like all of the women get a an equal amount of footing an equal amount of time to really get zoned in on who they are as people and for having six women as your characters in a movie they all feel very real and they did a good job of making each one different enough that i knew exactly who each person was mm -hmm. 
but similar enough that I knew why they were friends. Like this, yeah. this friend group felt very real to me and I totally get it. I can totally see why they enjoy hanging out with each other. But then at the same time, they all have their little quirks and they're different enough that they feel like people that could exist on their own, people that yeah. could have their own separate lives. Most definitely. And a quick director's note too with um, Neil Marshall intentionally casting um all women uh apparently it was in the talks before production to have a mixed cast mm -hmm. for this film but um marshall decided to go with the all women cast mostly under the belief that women at this time which is very true were underrepresented within the genre um and so he wanted to make a movie that put a nice spotlight on a full woman cast, which mm -hmm. I appreciated, um, especially I, in 2005. That's like a, that's a good forward movement to be making. Yes, I completely agree. And I think what I also really love about these characters is that I love a badass woman character, you know, mm -hmm. and I do love that we see that, but I do like that we kind of, we kind of get all across the spectrum of the different ways that you could handle this but even throughout that the, these characters are smart and they try their hardest and do they make decisions like this is such a weird situation that i feel like you don't really know what is the right decision in this and they are you know i i this movie is called the descent obviously because of like a, they're descending into a cave and they're going underground. But I do also think it's a descent into um, like madness almost, like losing your, your humanity and how these types of situations can impact you and make you kind of spiral. And I love that each woman in this movie kind of takes a different path in the way that they handle this situation that they are now facing. Mm -hmm. Like everybody reacts totally different. And I enjoy seeing that. I don't know, it just feels very real to me. Cause not every, not everybody's gonna pop up swinging and like ready to fight. Not yeah. everybody's gonna be like Laura Croft right away. Um, but at the same time, not everybody is gonna flee and run and be, you know, scared you you will have all across the spectrum and i like that i agree this group takes off a lot of boxes in regards to how people would respond in a time of crisis right but it's ah, what an unfortunate setup is how i felt um after you know we learn what's going on here right we get sarah going to meet up with the friends again to go for another adventure because Obviously, she's just dealt with such a big tragedy and this she thinks and her friends think would be a good way to kind of clear her mind, bring her back to who she was before the accident. Right. So they agreed to do this big outing to go spelunking mm -hmm. out in the Appalachian Mountains to uh, to uh, a cavern that they think is an easy, quick little they call it tourist trap um, yes. adventure. But unbeknownst to them, Juno has other plans. So what's the story now? According to the guidebook, this cave system has three ways in and out. This is just one of them. Isn't that right, Juno? <coughs> Juno, that's right, isn't it? 
I checked the book. I didn't bring it. What? No point. For Christ's sake, Juno. I knew it. I knew this wasn't right. You filed a flight plan to mountain rescue. If we don't report in, they'll come looking for us. Now, that's how it's supposed to work, except I put in a flight plan for Borum Caverns, and this isn't Borum Caverns, is it, Juno? We're in the wrong fucking cave. Because Juno, looking for some sort of... I don't really know what her overall uh, motivation was for going off the path and sending them elsewhere, but she decides to go in a completely undocumented um, dive mm-hmm. that they no one knew about, um, I guess, outside of Juno. I think she was the only one that knew that they weren't yeah. going to where they thought they, they were thought, going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even Holly, who was making fun of the cave the entire time, she was the one who called it a tourist trap mm-hmm. and was so disappointed. Even Holly didn't know about Juno's little you know, veer off the beaten path type of situation. Like, even Holly was like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's another thing. Yeah, it's like Juno... I think Sarah says it best when she when Juno says, oh, I wanted us to discover it together and we could name maybe we could name it after you. And then Sarah was like, or maybe after you. Because mm-hmm. this is like, a, like Juno. It's like, baby, clap back you, at her. Why you really think like I? it's established that it's established that Rebecca and Juno are the most uh like knowledgeable and they, they've been climbing the longest. They're probably the most skilled at it. And but it is implied that Sarah used to be really into climbing. But I'm like, when has Sarah this seems like something that Juno would be much more into. So like mm-hmm. what joy would it bring Sarah to have a cave named after her? Like right. what is she gonna do with that? <laughs> okay, what is mm-hmm. okay, thanks. Like, thanks for my <laughs> cave that I'm never going to come back to because it's in America and I live in Scotland. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's another one of those cases where it's like, Juno, how do you really feel? Because yeah. you're, being, you're being real sketchy about your intentions and everybody's starting to sniff that out. Yeah. Um, but going into the cave, I have to give this movie credit where I'm not someone who suffers from claustrophobia. I don't really feel that myself on a day-to-day, but this movie always makes me feel so claustrophobic, especially when we get that first initial, all of them going through that cramped little space, Mm -hmm. um, crawling through to, like, find where where the cavern leads to. And I always think to myself, just, like, why do people do this? And like I get it, uh, thrill seeking, the the want for excitement and adventure, discovering something new, yada yada yada. But just on a personal level, I see a tiny ass hole like a hundred feet below Earth. I ain't going in that shit. No, I'm not an earthworm, baby. It's not gonna <laughs> work. Yeah, I mean, I get, I I could see where. Okay, there, there's, there's this place in Colorado called Cave of the Winds that mm-hmm. I feel like if you went to school around that, 
that was probably a field trip that you went on in like elementary school, maybe middle school. And mm-hmm. I did. Uh, we went on a field trip there. And I remember thinking, man, this is so cool, like going through these caves. But that is like what I imagine. That's like a tourist trap, right? Like, yeah, it's just, it's probably like steps below what they thought they were going to be doing. But that is like a tourist trap. You just walk through a bunch of caves and stuff. And I remember when I walked through that, I, I remember thinking, oh, OK, this is cool. Like, I, I see why people like doing this and exploring this. But then they showed us this little tunnel, which is basically what they crawl through in this movie. They showed us this little tunnel that like miners used to crawl through. And in that moment, I knew I knew it was not the life for me. Never. Never, never would be. It be was me. couldn't be me. And I say that in all caps <laughs> with an exclamation point at the end. Could never be me. I would have to be forced, forced like by a sword at my back <laughs> to, to willingly go in to a cave. And yeah, you, it's that moment where you're like, dang. Especially if you're a novice, right? And that's what I think the thing is here is that their levels, none of these, most, they all have experience. It's just they're all at different levels, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I feel like Juno also didn't take into account is that not all of them are up for bebopping through caves. Exploration. Yeah, this exploration because we soon find out right after that that there are a lot of paths because it is what they think you know never been found before there are a lot of paths that they have to forge themselves mm-hmm. and there are a lot of paths which we see with the tunnel that should not be forged because yeah the tunnel collapses immediately after after sarah goes through it because it's just it's not Meant wasn't meant for, for people to be all those people to be going through to like be that yeah through it like that all fast especially because like holly and juno are so comfortable with it that they're just kind of they're flying through these yeah. tunnels and bouncing around the walls <laughs> like and like elbowing throwing elbows <laughs> and stuff into all the the nooks and crannies and yeah these tunnels are not made for that yeah and then like that it's just that fear of getting stuck right like that's what gets me and sarah does that really well Uh, apparently the actress shauna mcdonald has like slight claustrophobia um which you can you can track during that performance there because when she thinks she is stuck when I said my butthole puckered out of fear, because I was like, this is my worst nightmare. Dude, yeah, she has a panic attack and it feels so real. You know what it is for me? It's the whispers. It's when she is responding, but she can't even speak, really. Mm-hmm. It's like she's saying the words, but not loud enough for anybody to hear. That's I, that's what got to me. I, bro, was like, I developed girl, claustrophobia really during that scene. <laughs> I'm saying like, and I do think that they do a great job of shooting it because there's that moment when Holly is going through where the camera is like in front of her and it kind of mm-hmm. looks like 
they were possibly maybe just pulling the camera mm -hmm. in front of her because you feel you really feel like you're in that tunnel which by the way the cave um they built this cave it, yeah. they were not actually in a cave yeah, um, i don't think they shot they didn't shoot any of this in any caves right like all the caves were built no so simon bowles designed mm -hmm. the maze of caves the maze of caves for the movie so it had 21 cave sets and right, so, right, yeah, right, yeah. Was, yeah i got it right here too yeah yeah it was all set um but it definitely doesn't look like it right that's like the thing especially for caves. 2005 it was like that looks that all of that looked real like all the yeah. cave to me looked pretty real minus like there's like one scene later on that was a little cgi that you could kind of yeah. see but outside of that like 90 percent of the film looked like it was shot on location right. in some sort of cavern besides the bats besides the bats those looked straight those looked straight <laughs> out of the fucking batman cartoon <laughs> Remind me of like the the bats that fly across this the screen at the beginning of the Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, there they go. <laughs> That's um, so true. But other than that, yeah, it looks great. But I have two. Okay, I have two notes about this this cave thing. First mm -hmm. off, this movie is actually kind of split up into halves. Because this first part, well, so the the if you split it up into three parts, you have that first section which is just dealing with the the um the tragedy, mm -hmm. and then and meeting all the friends. Then you have the second part which is just dealing with this first super scary scenario, which is trapped in a cave, nobody knows we're here, and we don't know if there's an exit. And yeah. just that, just that alone could have been its own movie, right? Like, if you didn't even, didn't even add creatures in, that's a scary movie in itself. But then you get to the third part, and they said, but what if you also had these predators in here, these creatures that were hungry and were hunting you down? So you get a couple, and then also, though, there is a scary element to that first bit as well, because that is a trap, no, that is something that people have nightmares about losing your family in such a manner is horrifying and yeah. dealing with the repercussions of that is scary in itself you're getting three different nightmare scenarios in this movie and yeah. they build and build and build upon each other to give us this outcome so that was my first thing that i that i do really enjoy because each of these you you're dealing with something scary in each part of this movie. Something different, but still scary every time. Mm -hmm. And then my second thought was, I remember the first time I watched this movie and I thought, oh, well, they kind of made things, I don't want to say easy, but I remember saying, oh, well, when they, when they decided to set it in a cave, the the scares write themselves like they it was probably really easy because that's already such a scary setting so it you kind of make like you don't have to build up scares they're already inherently there for you so that's kind of nice right and then and then i watched the movie the cave which actually came out the exact same year as the descent mm -hmm. is they also were rival movies weren't yes, they yes they were rival movies um which also features um people getting stuck in a cave and dealing with creatures 
and I just watched The Cave like earlier this year. I hadn't even heard of it. I just was looking for a movie like The Descent and happened to find it. And watching that movie made me appreciate The Descent because it actually is the the obstacle that they created for themselves by having that setting is the lighting because you have to come up with practical lighting that makes sense in this situation because if you have it too dark then you can't see shit and you miss all the scares and then what's the point and that was one of my biggest issues with the cave is that at times it was so claustrophobic the spaces were so tight and the lighting was so off that i didn't know what the fuck was going on like i was like is this a creature or is this a human and who's winning this fight because i cannot see (laughs) and so it just really made me appreciate this movie because they really could have shot themselves in the foot like if they didn't have the lighting on point and they made things too tight it wouldn't have looked good. It would have been a mishmashed mess. And they got the exact right amount of light and they made those spaces just tight enough that it's scary, it makes sense, but it's not too realistic where you wouldn't be able to see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, it, it's huge. Any movie that you're shooting low light in or just shooting in darkness that's always a thing that you have to deal with right is getting that natural looking light in a place that doesn't have light mm-hmm. um which adds a lot to the fear too on a realistic level um knowing that yeah they do have to make it so that we're able to see the things on screen right but knowing that for the characters most of this has got to be just pitch blackness mm-hmm. for the most part um so you can imagine how that would elevate the emotional states of all of these characters, because even if we see something, it, most likely the characters can't see it because they can't see shit. They mm-hmm. can't see anything down there. And what, what note did I write? Oh, I was like, yo, Rebecca's got balls twice the size of mine because I no way, shape, and form would I be first oh to be going God. across that thing, setting that up. No way. Heck no. I mean, and like I said, Rebecca is a very by the book character and she is a very or she is more of an expert in climbing so i think that's why she kind of volunteers herself to go ahead and do it and there's a moment there where she pauses because she notices that somebody has been there before Mm -hmm. um and there and juno is yelling at her and she's like what are you waiting for, Rebecca? I'm like, Juno, if you don't, sh- don't sit your raggedy ass down, like, right. give her a you, break. You, you should not be speaking at this point, yeah. my lady. Like, your ass should you be should shut be all the way the fuck up. Because it's always something with you, Juno. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. And then, yeah, and then Juno tries to do it. You know, after Rebecca tries to do it and she falls. And I said, hmm, guess it was harder than it looked, huh, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should have been quiet (laughs) when we were on the other end of the other end of the spectrum, huh? Yeah, it's like all that mess before. All of a sudden you need everybody to pull your ass up, huh? Where's that upper body strength? 
<laughs> that you were you were talking about so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like they just the way they frame a lot of these natural scares right before we get into any of the monster shit of just the terror of having to navigate these caverns. It's the little subtle choices that they make that I think really ramp things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an easy one in that scene is just the rock drop, right? Where they drop the rock and you just wait <laughs> yeah. and wait and wait. And then finally you hear it hit the ground just to give you a reference of like, yeah, it's that deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, God damn. Yeah. And it's the, the not knowing because it's pitch black down there. Their flashlights can only go so far. And it's not knowing, is it flat down there? Are there, is there going to be like jagged rocks? Like, say I do fall. What am I falling into <laughs> um, down like there? You, you can kind of, you can kind of assume you're going to die, but how am but I going to die? You know, like what fate truly waits for me at the bottom of this? Is it going to be quick or am I going to be spiked? waiting to die it's these things that you have to wonder um so yeah those moments are great and they are moments that holly maybe should have kept in mind before she decided to race like the roadrunner oh my god yeah holly needed a damn leash somebody needed to get this girl in check she sedate her she was doing too she (laughs) i i like holly as a character yeah yeah 100 percent. but pisses me off so much as soon as she starts running through the caves (laughs) like she's on an obstacle course Mm -hmm. like holly and then the audacity after she's running and then she she's like almost falling into the hole right and she's like oh somebody help me it's like Mm -hmm. bitch if you weren't running across the goddamn cavern maybe you could have gotten help quicker yeah everyone's like well we have to catch up to you you're (laughs) 30 miles ahead of us and then she falls and breaks her leg and then she says somebody get better get down here like girl you're lucky we don't leave you want us to jump do you want us to jump like (laughs) you did holly we have to set up the equipment are you nuts like holly holly just goes on a crazy a crazy arc within those five minutes Mm -hmm. that which which you know if we want to if we want a devil's advocate could be the her descent into madness right like she's (laughs) just she wants to get out of there so badly that it clouds her common sense Mm -hmm. to the point where she's just bebopping all the way through this cavern i can give her that you're in a stressful situation sure but you're still fucking up holly yeah well and i will say they do do a good job of planting those seeds within her character early on because from the moment they get there we do see that holly is a little bit overconfident to the point where she is not always as safe as she could be juno has to kind of scold her a couple of times about being careful and being slow and holly is not that's just not the way that she rolls so and she always wants to be first right that's another thing throughout this is she's always the one saying oh i'll go look i'll be the first to go look um so it makes sense for her character that does not make it any less frustrating mm-hmm. way because now they have to you know lug her around like a big yeah. pile and, of rocks and we all know because we're all <laughs> horror experts here that a leg injury is the absolute mm-hmm. worst thing you can have in a horror movie i don't think there is any worse injury outside of death 
that just like lowers your life expectancy in these sort of situations severely slows you down Mm -hmm. and yeah she basically seals her fate right away when she does that um and because she is the first to die and i also really love the thing that they set up with the camera because holly has a camera that she brought Mm -hmm. with her and it makes sense that they use that uh for its night vision obviously it leads to a great scare when one of the creatures finally pops up and reveals itself to all of the girls because sarah sees one earlier but nobody believes her but it, um, um, oh, real, real quick, another little note there. I don't know if you peeped this as well, but did you see that they actually kept the uh, girls and the crawler creature separate until the reveal that they filmed? Oh, no. Yeah, so the, the girls, up until the crawlers are revealed, all the actresses did not know that they were a part of the film. Like, they kept mm. them completely separated for the first bit of filming until they showed up. So when they see... A crawler for the first time that is like a genuine reaction from them because they didn't know like that they would be there <laughs> like they had no clue which i thought was a very fun thing that is i think is hard to kind of do when yeah. you're shooting a movie to like keep a portion of the movie secret from you know your your talent but it led to a very nice reveal when we finally yes. do get to see the creatures. A great moment. But yeah, that because I, I do always love that moment of that moment to me, I feel like is really iconic for this movie that when she has the camera and she looks at Beth and the creature pops up behind her. I feel like that one is. And then, of course, when she first when Sarah comes up out of the blood, I feel like those two moments are pretty known from from this movie Mm -hmm. but i do love later on when sarah has the camera and she's in the feeding pit and Mm -hmm. she's watching them eat holly it just feels like she's recording like some weird porno or like she's recording (laughs) like girls gone wild the way that it's just weird the way that she's like recording them and they're just like (laughs) and she's like ooh, it just feels like Also, R.I.P. Holly, she got ripped to shreds down there. And this is a moment that I that I mean when I say Juno is really fighting for her and really. But see, this is the thing. It's like Juno is fighting for Holly, right? She's going Mm -hmm. head to toe. She's she's knucking and she's bucking with these creatures and she's doing it. She's taking them down. I mean, she doesn't save Holly, but she's taking them down at the same time. And then Beth, okay, Beth comes up and and surprises Juno. Like, this is an ax. This is an accident because yeah. Juno is in attack mode and Beth just kind of springs herself upon Juno. And so Juno turns around to attack what she thinks is a creature and it's Beth, right? Yeah. Um, and that is an accident. But then... Juno leaves her like Beth is still obviously alive. And I feel like Juno could have stayed with her until she died or mm-hmm. killed her. And instead, Juno's just like, bye. <laughs> OK, I'm sorry. She didn't even say I'm sorry, but she's just like, OK, goodbye. And yeah. like, leaves her alone. Now, I I may be in the minority here because I do blame Juno for a lot of shit. Um, but this particular accident, I don't fault how Juno no, acted. It's not like, her fault. Yeah, like she she didn't mean to do it. 
Um, but that was just like a very inopportune time for you to be sneaking up on her. Um, but I, I understand her not knowing what to do in that moment, right? Like, she's just watched Holly die. She's, like you said, in attack mode. She just fought off these creatures that she doesn't know what the fuck they are. And she just killed one of her best friends. I think I may just do the two-step away myself as well. I wouldn't know what to do there. Excuse I'd just be like, Excuse me? Like, you in terms would... of, like, she's trying to just, at this point, survive, right? She's like, well, she's clearly going to die. Holly's dead. I'm just going to get out of here. Yeah, she could have ended the misery or, or all that stuff. But I understand her not thinking straight in that moment, right? Her adrenaline's got to be at a thousand there. Right. And... So like it what was it was it a, a good look in the grand scheme of things? Of course not, but like I can't in that in that one moment, I can't fault her too much for like how she handled that situation, like moving forward. The thing about it is it's like I feel like Juno and Beth always had this animosity. And, and like they, I feel like out of everyone got along the least. And so I just think it's weird. I totally like I, I I get it within the writing and the movie sense in that she's completely in shock. She probably feels like shit because in her mind, she just murdered someone, right? Like she just killed her friend. And so I I know why she is like completely a shell of a person. But but then but we just saw her fight so fucking hard for holly and then right after that she's screaming at the top of her lungs to find all of her other friends like mm -hmm. and and beth is if beth wasn't saying anything the fact that beth says like please don't leave me like please don't leave me mm -hmm. and juno's like but i'm going to <laughs> i don't know i'm just like what just what? just like i don't want i don't think she would have killed her but i, I feel like she maybe would have done something i don't like, know like like if it was somebody else maybe she like stay there and like at least see them in their final moments or like something along those lines maybe maybe i don't I, know like i i get it i get it but i'm still like it's i think that's where she felt like i don't think the her killing beth was her fault at all but i think that this was her moment where she fucked up like if this was like when keeping it real goes wrong this is that moment when she mm -hmm. like everything got fucked up yeah that that <laughs> choice does come to bite her in the ass later but I, I i guess what i'm saying here is like look if if this to anybody if you're with me we get trapped underground i accidentally stab you through the throat with an ice pick i see it go through both sides i gonna be honest, I just assume you ain't gonna make it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Survival instinct see, kicks in at but that see, point. Nah, cause I, I can't with you. Cause if I if you <laughs> if you hit me through the neck with something, <laughs> that's fine, right? Like we're cool. But if you take it out and I'm still talking, <laughs> you better do something. Put a blanket on see me. See me something. out in my last moments. See me out. Like give me a last hurrah. <laughs> at least if I'm still talking. Like I expect that much at least because if you I, don't, yeah, like I, moralistically, I'm I would like to think I'm the person that'd be able to just end your life there and like end the suffering. But I've never I killed so. anybody. I don't know if I can do but that you just in the heat of the me. moment. You just thought Not you killed me, though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving forward, she leaves her to die. <laughs> oh 
good. She leaves her to oh die. The group is now like separated at this point, right? Like everybody's right. out in different yeah. points of the cavern. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, because. Because Sam and Rebecca um, are sisters, so they stayed together. Mm-hmm. Juno is alone, and Sarah is alone. Yeah, I I really appreciated. Um, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I did appreciate all the girls in their own way have their own survival instinct, despite mm-hmm. how hard shit has hit the fan. Everybody still has their wits about them enough to uh, attempt to survive to the best of their ability. They quickly realize that these creatures do have faults in terms of like they're blind so they can't see. Um, we see Sarah is an absolute, uh, she's she's going into her Laura Croft mode here. Mm-hmm. Like, say, like she knows Holly's dead. She scavenges what's left of her for supplies. She manages to make a makeshift torch out of whatever she's got. She's so resourceful in that moment. And I loved watching each of these characters adapt to the situation. Mm-hmm. Like they know things are bad, but they're they're smart enough to know that all right, we got to change and we got we have to handle the situation otherwise we're going to die. Like mm-hmm. they're quick enough to know that all right, we got to we got to go into survival mode like right now. Right. And then I feel like so you have Juno and and Sarah on that end, right? The survival mode. And then I feel like they're in the fight. And then mm-hmm. you have Rebecca and Sam who are flea. They mm-hmm. are just like, we need to go now. It doesn't matter because we see that they know, they hear Juno screaming. They hear that she's alive, but they don't want to go back for her because they're like, oh my God, she's screaming. Like she's going to bring all these creatures on on her. But they're like, better her than me. And so they mm-hmm. kind of go off and do their own thing. They don't want to stay and see if Sarah is still alive. Their whole idea is their their mindset is I can't fight, so I have to run because we do see even later, like Rebecca tries to fight back and she just can't like Juno ends up saving her. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're like, that is not our strength. We are running and we are going to try and find an exit. And that's also totally fair, totally valid. And I like that we get these totally different groups who both aren't wrong. Like, neither one of them, That's both of them have uh, the right idea, but and it's just, this is a weird situation. What do you do? I don't know. Because yeah. they, they do try and stay as quiet as possible, but they still have to move. Like, there's only yeah, like, so much that they can do. Exactly. Like, they're they're going to have to do something. This isn't something that they can wait out. And as as time goes on, right, we're starting to see the full extent of the situation they're in, right? Because at first we get a couple of these crawler creatures, but then as time goes on, we realize just how many of them are living down here, which I guess you can kind of infer that these are uh, cave cave people who have just evolved mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, who um, just because, decided like, to stay in the caves, I guess. And just yeah, like, that's what that's that's what I I'm getting from that. And like we get the whole like cave paintings thing earlier too. So like it kind of infers the idea that these are humans. These aren't like alien creatures or anything. These are just humans who have never left these caves. So this is what's become of them mm-hmm. over years and years and years, right? Um, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> 
sorry. It's just I have this one note here where I was like, yo, you know, at least one of these monsters was like, yo, who ordered delivery? This is fantastic. Oh my- <laughs> <laughs> and then another another monster was like, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. And then they were like, they all just laughed. I didn't even have to get myself all fancied up. That one, the one female creature is probably like, I didn't even have to do my hair or nothing. Right. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so fun. And I love, I actually love the creature design because it's, mm-hmm. it's subtle. So that's not like distracting. Right. But it's still, um, there's still a great attention to detail with all of them. Um, and I think I read somewhere too, that instead of hiring like, stunt and like gymnasts to play the creatures they how hi- they hired all um actors and actresses because they wanted each one of the creatures to have a personality yeah um even if you only see them briefly in the film i thought that was still a cool extra touch to add into the overall um atmosphere mm-hmm. of the situation yeah because i think what i like the most about these creatures some of their creature design kind of reminds me of the master from buffy and mix more, but more bat and more like the obviously color different like. Right. But um, I think what I like is because they came from humans, I appreciate that they still kept some of that within them because these creatures can be fought and they can be killed, which allows for there to be more of them because if they were invincible, obviously we'd probably only have like a couple creatures because we have to we have to feel like our characters can possibly survive even if we know that they're not going to i think by having these creatures be a bit more human that you allow our creatures to or you allow our characters to have a chance to fight back and so every time you they kill one it's like oh my god yes they're doing it but then you realize oh my god there's like 50 more of these things like how many creatures are living down here because we realize like yeah they're procreating they are you know continuing on so yeah and based on the amount of bones that are just all over the place you have to assume that they're there's a lot. They're feeding quite a large number yeah. of family members down and there. They are licking the bones clean. I mean, <laughs> not a bit of meat left on any of those bones. Mm-hmm. Some of those bones were a little shiny for my liking in terms of just like, I was like, that looks a little too fresh. Like that, that skeleton <laughs> looks a little. A little too new. You're like, y'all should still be full because apparently you just ate uh, <laughs> this person a day ago. Right. Um, fucking love the pool of blood scene always. It's always Great. such a cool scene. Um, yeah. The idea of it's absolutely disgusting, but it works so well in terms of like a horror aesthetic setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the triumphant pose too with like the torch <laughs> after she wins, just standing on the rock, just yeah. surrounded by a giant lake of blood. I always think that's such a cool image. Um, and a, there are there's a lot of cool imagery in this movie too. I thought uh, for a movie that came out in 2005, the movie still looks fantastic in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it looks great. And also, I think the minute that Sarah loses her humanity is when she kills Beth. Like Mercy kills her, obviously, mm-hmm. but she finds out that Juno did did what she did. She finds out that Juno had an affair with her husband. Right, right, right. And then she has to kill her best friend. And there's that moment where she's standing on the rock and she screams, right? Like she screams no. Mm -hmm. And it cuts immediately to the other girls. 
and they react like they're hearing a creature roar mm-hmm. and I feel like it's probably just the way that the sound is traveling or maybe they weren't hearing Sarah. Maybe they were hearing like a creature closer to them. But I thought it was interesting that it was cut that way because I feel like that to me is the moment that Sarah loses what compassion and humanity she may have had and is now just in complete primal survival mode because the next time that we see her is when she has her confrontation with Juno. Mm-hmm. And the Sarah that we met before would is not gone. have would not have done what the Sarah at the end ends up doing to survive. Yeah. And I, I just thought that that was interesting. Yeah, that, that, that was really cool. That was a really cool little editing bit that they did there. Mm-hmm. And what a delicious level of petty to right before <laughs> you die, um, let, <laughs> let Sarah know like, hey, that bitch Juno, yeah, she was fucking your man before he died. Go get yeah. her. Well, to be fair, I no, Beth... Totally justified. Well, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, though, Beth, though, Beth or Sarah, Sarah accidentally took the necklace out of Beth's hand when she tried to pull her hand. So, like, that's when she found out because then Beth was like, I'm sorry, like, when, when Sarah looked at it. So I was like, was Beth going to tell her or was Beth oh. just going to, like... I, I was under the impression she was going to tell her just because sure she, she did have. just get stabbed through the neck by her and left to yeah. die. So under the under similar circumstances, I'd probably do it. I'm sure she would have because Beth is her best friend. And Beth mm-hmm. don't care about Juno. She don't give a fuck. And also because she's trying to tell her not to trust Juno, I'm sure she would have been like, hey, she was she was having an affair with your husband. like. And the thing about it, that's the thing is it's like Juno purposefully she she wasn't really there to comfort Sarah because she was mourning her lover who just so happened to be Sarah's husband, which also like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What? What the? Okay. Sh- okay, girl. What? A- like when she's like, we all lost something in that crash. I'm right. Like, How dare you? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she's, yeah. I, Junio, I'm just, she's such an interesting character because I root for her when she's fighting back, but then at the same time, I'm like, you are not shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Which yeah, kudos to the writing in the movie for doing that. Where like, yeah, for a very at a very early point in this movie, you you dislike Juno. Like it's already established that you don't like Juno. However, while she's trying to survive, though, it's hard not to root for her in those moments when she's mm-hmm. fighting back. Um, despite however you may feel about her, right? Um, and so we're coming up on the part that I always catch every single time I watch this movie, which is Sam's death. For mm-hmm. some reason, every time I catch this movie, it's right before she dies. So I always remember this part where they're like trying to get her to come back. Um, but this is actually this is a really sad um, death to me as well. Beth's death is very sad, but I think it's because when she dies, she's just hanging up hanging there like there. an ornament for them to see, like mm-hmm. an art piece, and they're just staring at her crying and also because rebecca and and sam were they have a really nice relationship i really enjoyed watching them together and you can tell that becca cared about her a lot and was really worried about her so it it does suck that she dies but of course becca dies like right away becca's death is the worst i think she has the worst death because everybody else dies like has something go through their neck or something and so for the most part they die pretty quick um 
Becca, for some reason, the creature decides to eat from her stomach first, and she's mm -hmm. alive for the entire thing. Yeah. And when when and then the the creature starts to chase Juno, and so just leaves Becca there, still alive with all of her guts and stuff hanging just out. Hanging. Yeah. Uh, she got done. And so she's dirty. such a sweet character. It just sucks because I'm like, you didn't deserve that. <laughs> and then like it made it led me to the thought of I like I I know y'all are you care about Sam's safety. You don't want something to happen to her with her going across. You're like telling her to come back, but why would she go back over there when right. y'all know you are being chased by a horde of these creatures? Right, because like really, Sam would have been fine if she had more rope, but like she just she didn't have anywhere to go. She kind of just set herself up to be stuck in the middle of but what else i mean at that point i don't know what like, i would do yeah what's the better but, alternative but then we realize and i think this was a moment where sam just really wasn't thinking like i feel like hers this is the moment where she broke right like she was like i don't know what to do because mm -hmm. she throws a rock down and she hears that there's water underneath her mm -hmm. so she could have done what juno did she could have jumped but right. i just don't think that she I just don't think she was thinking at that point. I just think that she was scared and was like, I need to get across. Yeah. And, and it would also take a certain level of mentality to still make that jump, right? Like, regardless yeah. of how bleak your situation is, to just put it, to let Jesus take the wheel there and just jump into <laughs> this abyss and hope the water will save you. Yeah. Like, yes, Juno's able to do it, but... Sam in her current state didn't seem like she was right. going to be able to make that kind of that kind decision. of uh, decision. Right. Well, and Juno only does it because she's being chased. Like, yeah. that's the only reason that she jumps. <laughs> um, but now we get to the confrontation between Juno and Sarah, um, which Sarah, Sarah gives Juno a chance to be truthful and Juno, she, I feel like Sarah Sarah set Juno's up, sets Juno up for the layup, right? She sets her up for the dunk, and Juno just slaps it down. And she's yeah, like, she's like, yeah, yeah. Juno Juno didn't know the assignment. She <laughs> she definitely failed. Um, yeah, and in that moment, Sarah said, "Bitch, I'm gonna kill you so hard." <laughs> <laughs> but I did think that it was cool and smart. To have them work together for a little bit first. Mm -hmm. There was something about seeing them have that last moment of cooperation together um, that I think makes the betrayal, quote unquote, even more powerful because it's like they they enter into that room where you we've got our two fighters left, right? Like our two combatants. <laughs> And they fight tooth and nail, and they manage to actually overcome mm -hmm. that situation that they reach. But then, um, you know, Sarah has already decided what she's going to do. It just adds this extra little layer there of like, damn, y'all really could have been friends if if Juno could have maybe saw past her own selfishness yeah. and was there for Sarah. Like, had you not been trifling, the both both of you together probably could have gotten out alive like yeah. you both working together could have were enough to together. make it out of the situation if you had chosen literally any other man in the world <laughs> you would be fine like this would not even be an issue but yeah um 
I love that this is a wordless confrontation. Everything is said that needs to be said without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's much more powerful that way. I don't think they could have written anything that would have been more impactful than just Sarah dropping the necklace out of her hand, Juno seeing it, mm-hmm. and then Sarah hitting her on the leg. And I love that Juno just, know, like, Juno doesn't say shit. Because what are you going to say? Yeah. What it- are you going to say? That scene was was a masterclass of just show don't tell. Mm-hmm. It, it, it so simple, like you said, gave us everything we needed, and they didn't they didn't push anything. It was just like yeah. a very natural sequence that um, was based in the history between these two characters, and just everything felt warranted. It I, I understood. What both characters were thinking in that moment it was just really great like i really yeah. i love that scene and it's a one t- you get two for the price of one because you know you know when you see i was so clever to have beth tell take her necklace because not only does juno know that she knows that he, she was cheating with her husband but she also knows that she would have had to get that from beth so like that's two things that Juno's like, I lied <laughs> and yeah. I got caught. But also, Juno, how big balls McGee are you to be wearing that necklace at oh, all times? That's what I'm saying. The affair <laughs> necklace? Girl, are you crazy? You, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll keep it simple. Again, Juno ain't shit, y'all. At the end of the day, oh. Juno ain't shit and she took it through the knee. And got turned into a Juno sandwich. And, uh, How, that's that's of her own doing. How embarrassing for you. Like, really? <laughs> that necklace all the time. But anyways. So now we get into the ending, which, as most people probably know, there are two endings. Um, I will say I was not of the group of most people until oh, really? uh, this. Re- yeah, I did not know that there was another ending. I didn't know oh. that the UK had its own ending. Um, So I saw that for the first time in preparation for this. Would you like to hear why? Uh, Yes, actually. Enlighten me. I have the the quote. Okay. So Neil Marshall says that the turnaround of the film was very quick. We shot the film in January and February, and it was in cinemas in the UK in July. That was six months later, which was very fast. The reason we rushed it out was because we heard about this other film called The Cave. Uh Theirs was much bigger budget, bigger stars, all of that. We thought we'd get stomped on by this bigger movie. So we had the opportunity to rush the release in the UK. So when they put it out in the UK, they had that original ending. Mm -hmm. And so then um, Lionsgate said, so it didn't get released in, in the US until basically a year later so it only had already been out in the uk and was doing well there but when lionsgate did test screenings in the u.s at some point somebody commented that the ending was really depressing and so someone at lionsgate said well what if we just trim off a minute from the u.s from the uk ending and use that for the u.s to have a more hopeful quote unquote hopeful ending and so that's why we have what we have and the uk one is longer mm-hmm uh, and then for reference for those who were like me and didn't know the, the difference, essentially in the U.S. version, uh, we end with the jump scare of Juno's ghost appearing mm-hmm. next to the now escaped Sarah, who's in her, uh, back in her car, um, whereas the U.K. version reveals that that 
was another hallucination from Sarah and that she is actually still trapped in the cavern at the end of the movie, which I have got to say is a much better ending to me than the jump scary one. I am so annoyed that that is like the excuse for giving us the generic there will be potentially a sequel or last jump scare ending that every fucking horror movie has why the other the other one for how nuanced and and how good of a slow build the movie is i feel like the uk ending just makes a lot more sense that sense of bleakness and hopelessness is what the entire movie was like why why would you need to alter that but that's my personal opinion this may be like a controversial opinion because i know a lot of people feel the same way as you they prefer the uk version i it's not that i prefer the us version because i actually really like both of them i like them equally like i don't think that the us version ending is bad because it's not a hopeful ending it actually fits into what has already been established, in my opinion, because we see that because of what now has happened, Sarah is going to be haunted now by Juno. Like, it's going to be another hallucination. It's going to be another mm -hmm. PTSD. It's going to be another thing that she is never going to get over. So now she has her daughter that she's haunted by, and she's always going to be haunted by the fact that she chose to sacrifice somebody else to survive so yeah she survived but at what cost like it's the cycle of trauma that is going to continue for her and maybe it would have been better to die in there mm -hmm. you know what i mean like maybe it would have been better to just give up because now you're the only one of your friends that survived and you have to live with the fact that you killed not one but two of your friends and maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, one of them was a mercy kill, but I doubt she'll see it that way. Okay. Yeah, I I hear you out. I just, for me, personally, I just always hate the reasoning for, like, altered endings or whatnot being because, like, someone, especially for, like, a horror movie, someone was like, oh, I felt too sad at the end of the movie. I fucking hate that. Because, like, mm -hmm. me, myself, if it serves the purpose of the mood of the story then yeah, have a bleak ending. I For me, that that is more of a complete feeling to me than going for something more blockbustery. But again, this, this is a personal take. I know other people have a different take on this, but it's just he hearing the reasoning for it, I think bothers me more than the actual ending yeah. itself. Well, and it did, I mean, it was like, I guess one person suggested it, but then it did actually test better in the U.S., like when they change it with multiple audiences and only, and because if this makes you feel any better, Neil Marshall agreed because they said, if you let us trim off a, a minute, then we will give you a much bigger release. And they allowed him to screen in 3000 theaters rather than mm -hmm. what they were going to do. So he was quite happy with that because more people saw it and it was yeah. more successful because he changed the ending. But the nice thing about it is the both endings are so easily accessible. So it's true you can it's see true. both endings but i get what i get what you mean i i do appreciate that this the u.s ending while being jump scary which i think is not necessary is still it's still a i don't consider it a hopeful ending mm -mm. I, I actually nah. think that the uk one is almost more 
of a sweet ending than the U.S. one because I do think it's nice that in that moment, Sarah sees her daughter and she like doesn't care. It's like she doesn't care she dies mm -hmm. anymore because it's like almost like she realizes that if I die, like I'll be with my daughter again. And that's right. what I've ever wanted. Like, I almost feel like that's nice for her. Yeah. Like she's uh, just completely snapped. She's over it. She's like, just eat me. <laughs> just eat me. Just eat me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I, again, my my feelings towards it are personal. I I will say though, the whether or not you go under the it was a hallucination or the US version of it was real, her escaping the cavern. I thought that her crawling up the pile of bones up to the one light coming in and then her emerging, I did think that that was a very cinematic moment that oh, felt yeah. very cathartic when watching. So that's I give great, him credit for that for sure. That's a great shot because it's like this very, we've been in this warmth, in this darkness for so long. And then you break out into the world and it's bright. Everything looks too bright. Everything looks so pale and like everything just looks weird because mm -hmm. uh, you haven't seen this in so long it almost looks gray and to see her bloody hand come out and like the contrast of the the lightness of the world and the bloodiness of her hand it's a great it's a great image mm -hmm. um so yeah i do i do love that moment too and like the music swells and yeah it's like whatever happens like i said if you completely avoid the sequel, which Neil Marshall wants you to, then you will, you know, then Sarah's ending in this, no matter what, is bad. It's a bad end for her, but <laughs> it's a bad end for everybody. And I and I always think it was so smart to end with that photograph of them and mm -hmm. to end with the the memory of how they were in that moment in the photograph and how quickly things changed for them and it yeah. is sad because like i said it was all about their relationship and their friendship and and it was when it was good like it it was a really really fun friendship to watch and it was a, you could tell that these people really cared about each other and so to know that they are now where they are is like a it's a it's a sad a sad ending mm -hmm. yeah i agree left me feeling um comfortably empty inside and i don't <laughs> think the movie should have left me feeling any other way mm -hmm, yes appropriately empty mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah that's the descent um did you have anything else you wanted to say about the movie or was that mm -hmm. i think cover we really covered you all the... oh you know i did forget one thing that i thought was kind of funny what? it's it's when it's when juno and sarah walk into that room before they get attacked by the creatures and all the creatures are posted up on the wall bro tell me why i they look like a jagged edge album cover the way that they're all you know what i mean like do you remember what i'm talking about when they're all posted yeah. up and they're just like chilling yeah, for a I, second a hundred percent for sure i was like i, I was kind of thinking the same the same thing too i was like yo this looks like a sort of album cover <laughs> they're like just waiting to perform and then it's like because they sit there for a minute before they start moving and i was like wait a minute i would love i would <laughs> love i would love a, like an snl cut of them like all there 
Then what? That all in unison, their heads just start nodding together, and we start getting <laughs> Soella music in the background. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it that part. Me. That it part was me. funny. Uh, actually, I did remember there was one other thing uh, with Juno um, back at the cabin when they're like getting ready to go, mm-hmm. and like Juno walks in and is doing like the world's biggest split. I was like, this is the strangest flex, but okay. You know what I'm talking about? Where she's just casually standing at the edge of the bed with her foot all the way past her head. I'm Mm -hmm. like, for for what reason? For what purpose? Well, because she comes and she does that and then she tells Holly to stretch and try doing that. But when she first does it, there's no preface to it. She just completely extends her leg and then holds it up by her head. It reminded me of when we were at AMDA and every dance major would just hit the splits or something randomly just to remind us that they were a dance just major. Just to remind That's yep. like literally what it felt like. I was like, okay, do you know? Okay. <laughs> we get it we get it but that that's all my notes that's everything i had (laughs) Uh, juno's like this is how i seduced sarah's husband (laughs) (laughs) subtle subtle call back to how it all began (laughs) he saw me hit one of these one time and it was a wrap he saw me hit the hit the high kick with the leg (laughs) it was on it was on um but yeah that is the descent what are we going to rate this out of um it's a good question yeah i was gonna throw one out there what about lemon orgasms since i <laughs> yeah. love that little joke when they make stuck a lemon orgasm yeah oh dude beth is such a sweet like beth is such a great character it really sucks that we lose her so early on hey 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 listen listen <laughs> Listen to me, you love this one. You love this one. How'd you give a lemon an orgasm? Come on, tell me what you say. How'd you give a lemon an orgasm? What did you do? You tickle his citrus. Okay, that's better. Come on. Okay, okay. I say that. We, it's, people don't start dying until like 50 minutes into this movie. But, but if, it still it hurts feels, just the same. It feels early. Um, but yes, I would be down for lemon orgasms. Nice. All I right, love well. lemon flavored things as well. So <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? Okay, we're gonna go down a weird route. <laughs> I heard you. I heard you like s- snicker when I said that. I like... <laughs> okay, all right. You wanna you wanna go first, Miss uh, yeah. Lemon? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Um, I'm gonna give this five out of five lemon orgasms. Hey, all right. We got another five in the house. You love to see it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just love this movie. I think it's great head to toe. I love all of the characters. Um, I think that the way that they shot it, the setting, everything about it is so clever. And there's not a moment in this movie where I'm bored. There's not a moment where I'm wondering why things are happening the way that they are i just really appreciate it i every time i rewatch it i remember just how great it is there's nothing about this movie that i would want to change and both endings for me are are great as well which is was very rare um but yeah i think i would yeah, I would not give this less than than five out of five lemon orgasms for me. Hey, okay, okay, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, I will be. I will be close. I'll be close on your heels here. I'm gonna give it four point nine out of five. 
mm-hmm. lemon orgasms. Um, all echoing all the same stuff you said. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic movie. Very enjoyable. Even revisiting it after all these years. Um, great story. Great characters. Great situation. Good scares. Everything under the sun. Um, the only reason it doesn't get five out of five from me is although I love the cinematography in this movie, there are a couple times and shots where either it's like during some of the like fight action sequences, it gets a little jumpy for me. And then there are certain shots that although cool, I'm thinking specifically of when Sam like right around Sam's death, the like circular shot with that, although it's like a it's a cool uh, shooting style. And I think it works for some people. It made me kind of nauseous and Mm. there were like other things that were shot that like kind of for me visually were like a little bit um they made me a little dizzy you know so like that's that's a personal thing for me where i think a lot of other people wouldn't be affected by that Mm. um but that's the only reason it doesn't get a smooth five out of five lemon orgasms from me uh all in all really great movie worth watching even if you've watched it before watch it again Mm -hmm. it's definitely worth uh revisiting another time but yeah 4.9 out of 5 lemon orgasms also the director neil marshall was inspired by the movie alien on some of the shots that he used within this film and if you haven't rewatched it with that lens i recommend doing so because you can definitely see the inspiration um that he got from that so i just thought that that was that that was interesting um but yeah that is it for us today homies and our conversation about the descent if you guys would like to join into the conversation and tell us what you're thinking please let us know on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer you can always email us and be sure to also shoot all of your business inquiries over to our email as well we are homies of horror at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to talk to us and other homies as well in a more intimate, casual spot, then you should um, jump, join. Join our <laughs> Discord. Like, That's the word. <laughs> yeah, you could do both. You could jump into or join our Discord. Uh, the link for that is in our social media bios. Discord is free, and it's just a fun place for all of us to hang out and talk all things horror. So we would love to see you there. Um, also, feel free to send us recommendations and requests to our social media emails or in our Discord as well. And today is Monday. Which can only mean that tonight we will be streaming on Twitch. Yep, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode is released, then we will be doing our homie hangout tonight on Twitch. If you are not yet following us on Twitch and you'd like to be notified whenever we go live to do some fun spooky stuff, then the link for that is also in our social media bios. And last, but certainly not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would hop onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. Um, We love to hear from you guys what you're thinking about the show. And also, the more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It helps Apple uh, suggest us to other people who may potentially be interested in our podcast. So if you have an Apple account and you would like to do that, then we would be very, very thankful for that. But that's it for us homies. We hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll be catching you next time. Catch you later, homies. Bye.